Chapter 4 of MLC's Big Show, Friday Night Lights. Matt Lautner is now joined by 1999 radio announcer Doug Reeder. I started a podcast in mid-April, and long and short of it is, I just thought that this little story would be an entertaining one to tell my audience, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just been fun to revisit it through audio form through your radio broadcast. People ask me all the time, you know, what's the biggest win or greatest game and all that, and, you know, you got to start with Harlan. I mean, you just, you just have yeah. to. Oh, man, Doug, you're going to be so good at this. You know why? <laughs> I think that you probably know what good sound bites are. Scott and John, I guess to start off with, well, we'll just start with the radio guy. Well, once the Rams beat Dennis and Schleswig, you know, you thought you had a shot. Just talking briefly about Scott Erickson and his uh, blown-out knee. Terrible deal. We feel bad for Scott even to this day. He loved football so much. We're going to talk about that for a few minutes. I had Mitch Murphy on the podcast, uh, and I'll clip his audio with this right here. Uh, Mitch said that you – did you play the entire senior year with no ACL on either leg or just on one leg? No, just my right leg. I had no ACL. Yep. And he just said oh. – and this is, this is an important aspect to this podcast. And this is Mitch's ident- exact words, but I'm going to try to quote him. He said, Scott Erickson, like uh, pound for pound, ability for ability, was the best athlete in JSPC history. That's word for word what he said. So it just didn't work out. It was unfortunate. But you were still like the best team player, the best teammate that you know a guy could ever have because you were still like – your impact in games was still felt. It just wasn't felt. If you had two healthy legs, We'd all be talking about our state championship football team instead of uh, maybe what it turned out to be. That's kind of what I remember about Scott and Joe and I and, you know, anybody playing. He was contributing with, you know, basically one leg and uh, very, very impressed uh, by that. What I remember most about John at that time was his return ability, his kickoff return ability. We had a great returner named Brent McClagan five years before you guys and uh and john blew by his records i mean more than 40 yards of return are you kidding and people <laughs> yeah. would they didn't kick as often but they would still kick the opening kickoff of the harlan game harlan knowing john minahan's reputation and treating him like tim dwight or any other national star they were like <laughs> eh, we, we want no piece of him they kicked it out of bounds i mean I, I wouldn't know that i wouldn't remember that but i just listened to the 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 cassette tape this morning and then our first to, just to put you into perspective and i know you got to get going doug but you you guys too john and scott the first two plays of the game we think we're hot stuff we just knocked off dennison we go matt lautner up the middle matt lautner up the middle and guess what happened negative two and negative three yards and i was like a fault i mean i was a downhill runner so the fact that they stuffed me in the backfield on both of the opening plays after they kicked the ball out of bounds we knew that we were in a steel cage match at that point, you know. I mean, we didn't know how it was going to turn out. We just knew it was going to be a slugfest. Yeah. And, Matt, what I remember most about you is just we just counted on you time after time, and you came through time after time, whether it was as a linebacker or a fullback. And you're really uh, – that's what really stands uh, out uh, in my mind yeah. uh, about you. Scrappy. I wasn't talent. I was. I mean, I'm. I'm not even trying to overstate this or understate this. I just simply was not as physically gifted as John Minahan and Scott Erickson. But I was scrappy and I was aggressive. We were football smart. I don't know what the term is for that, but we just there's yeah instincts. There you go. 
Time to see what happened in the game. Let's go. Um, Harlan on the opening kick. They did not, I've said this earlier, but they did not want to kick the ball to our all-star track athlete, John Minahan, old Tim Dwighter. He was our Tim Dwight, and uh, Harlan wanted no piece of them, even though they were 10-0, two-time state, uh, two-time defending state champions. They were like, eh, number four is back there. Let's kick it out of bounds. Coach Powers, he told me at a graduation once, he said, I was sitting there, he said, you guys were the, the funnest team I've ever coached on Friday when the hats went on. But Monday through Thursday, <laughs> it was a nightmare. There we go. There we go. <laughs> but, hey, I got a chemical rep I'm waiting on. There's waiting on me. I got to hop out. God dang it, Johnny. Okay, take off your letter jacket. Go back to the real world. Okay, we'll see you. Bye-bye. See ya. Jeez. So, as I said previous, uh, we knew we were in a steel cage match when the first two plays of the game uh, I'm a downhill runner. I don't generally lose yards, and they stuffed me in the backfield. Negative two, negative three at third and 15. We made a short reception, and we had to kick the ball away. Walking into, you know, somebody's field, uh, two-time state champions, it's almost like we were blessed to not know all those things. They didn't really freak us out. But, yeah, I, I mean, I knew we were going to get hit hard, and I knew we were going to hit them hard. Uh, yeah. Yep. I, I like the running aspect because they couldn't really throw the ball that well. Johnny, a lot of things, a lot of things went our way. You know, yep. they they had a wide open receiver in the end zone, and they we blew the coverage. Yep. Right now, and it's a little boy by the name of Scott Erickson, number thirty four, going over the left edge and into the end zone. Set, set him down, first and goal. Give to Erickson up the middle. Erickson to the goal line. Erickson. Oh, well, Doug, here we go again. We're going to find out if we can play defense. But uh... Okay, that was 1999. Here's uh, some interaction from 2022. Joe Gitch turns to you on the broadcast, and he says, well, we're going to see if we can ride it out again. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty accurate for that team, doesn't it? I mean, that was a... Not too much yeah. team easy for you guys, but uh, when it mattered, you got it done. Okay, podcast listeners, I know we're skipping around, but now we're going to go back to the 1999 uh, radio broadcast and hear what they had to say after that touchdown. Just great execution running up behind uh, that time Tyson Thielen, Ryan Mortensen, and Scott Schwaller, and uh, he was the third option out of that uh, full house eye, and uh, Scott Erickson just bowled into the end zone for the touchdown and the lead for the Rams. Jimmy Dominic will try to kick the PAT, and it is wide left, no good, no good. Well, the Rams can't convert on the extra point kick, but they do have the lead, six to nothing, 253 to go in the half. Now this from the Real Country Championship Club. 253 to go in quarter number two. And the whole crowd where we're sitting from Ireland pretty stunned as the underdog Rams have the lead. After we scored, uh, Harlan was driving down the field, and there's 40, 50 seconds left in the first half, and then this series of events happens. Harlan has the football, second and 12 on the JSPC 16-yard line, 45 seconds to go in the half. The Rams up 6-0. to zero. Gallagher from a direct snap position, almost dropped the ball. He wants to throw. He throws toward the end zone. He's got a man at the touchdown. Oh, he dropped the ball. Lyman had it at the goal line, Joe. He had the coverage beaten. 
Might have had it. Yeah, it is. I want to complete it on my uh, sheet, Doug. What happened is good. This line is an outstanding uh, athlete, Doug. He's 6'2", 175. All right, time travel. Now we're going from 1999 to 2022. To... 40-some seconds to go in the first half. The score is 6-0. to zero. And Harlan, I, I mean, I don't know what happened. I wish Minnie was in here to uh, explain he's on the backside. Do you remember that play at all, Scott? Uh, yeah, I do, because I want to say that that guy was a recruit for Iowa State, too. Um, oh, yeah. So very, wow. very, very surprised that uh, unlikely, that Unlikely yeah. that he would have dropped it, for sure, yeah. Exactly. Yep. Nobody has the recording of the halftime speech that me and Scott Erickson gave at, at Harlan, but I have uh, recorded a scene from a movie. I'm going to play it next, and it'll it'll give you the feel for how it felt inside the locker room. The biggest battle of our professional lives all comes down to today. Either we heal as a team, or we're going to crumble. Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. We're in hell right now, gentlemen. Believe me. And we can stay here, get the shit kicked out of us, or we can fight our way back into the light. We can climb out of hell. One inch at a time. Now, I can't do it for you. I'm too old. I look around, I see these young faces, and I think, I mean, I made every wrong choice a middle-aged man can make. I, uh, I pissed away all my money, believe it or not. I chased off anyone who's ever loved me. And lately, I can't even stand the face I see in America. You know, when you get old in life, things get taken from you. I mean, that's, that's, that's part of life. But you only learn that when you start losing stuff. You find out life's this game of inches. So is football. Because in either game, football the margin for error is so small I mean one half a step too late or too early and you don't quite make it one half second too slow too fast you don't quite catch it the inches we need are everywhere around us they're in every break of the game every minute every second on this team we fight for that inch on this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that inch. We claw with our fingernails for that inch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I'll tell you this, in any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die who's going to win that itch. And I know if I'm going to have any life anymore, it's because I'm still willing to fight and die for that itch. Because that's
That's what living is. The six inches in front of your face. Now I can't make you do it. You gotta look at the guy next to you. Look into his eyes. Now I think you're gonna see a guy who will go that inch with you. You're gonna see a guy who will sacrifice himself for this team because he knows when it comes down to it, you're gonna do the same for him. That's a team, gentlemen. And either we heal now as a team or we will die as individuals. As football guys, That's all it is. Now, what are you gonna do? It's still 6-0, and now here's the fourth quarter. Just a few minutes left in the game, and uh, Harlan's facing fourth and long. Here we go. Back to Doug in So let's see what happens. Pins and needles here, boys. Harlan out of timeouts. 
Wow. I tell you what, of all of the things you would have thought, pulling the upset, I never thought the upset could have been with a shutout. If you've ever seen a sun crowd, I thought I saw the sun crowd with Dennison a week ago, Doug, but on their home. Yeah, well, the curtain call Walker comes out. What a player he's been. Fifteen seconds to go. Briggs will take me one more time. And that is it. JSBC 6. Harlan Wilson from Merrill Field, the biggest win in JSBC history. The celebration is on. The Rams are going to the goal. All right, guys, I feel like a time traveler. <laughs> We're going to go back to Doug Reeder in 2022, giving comments about his thoughts after the game from 1999. Let's go. People ask me quite often, you know, what's either the, the greatest game or the biggest win, you know, that I've ever called in, in my 40-plus years here. And, uh, and it always starts with that game, that football game at Harlem. And one of the things I remember most, we had an extra long post game because of the win. And Guy Richardson was our camera operator for the Ram wrap-up show and Joe Getch, my color commentator at the time. And we probably were post game a half an hour, I would guess, when normally it might be 10 minutes. And when we walked out, and I'm not making this up, I'm probably being conservative, there were at least 100 Harlan fans standing in the stands because I think they were in shock. They couldn't even put one foot in front of the other to leave the bleachers. They couldn't believe it. Johnny and Scott, let's hear some feedback from you, and then we'll uh, get this deal buttoned up. The ex-players that came over yeah. to Harlan, I mean, that wasn't any short trip, right? We had guys yeah. that were in school at Iowa State that were not. Shout them out. Uh, oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, Matt Cunningham, David Miller, um, uh, Bob Allen, Nick you could just go down the list. Yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, our idols back then, right? But it was just so fun how passionate they were. I mean, they were, like, giving us, like, I remember, like, when we were walking onto the field, I mean, it was just, I didn't need to get myself or the team pumped up. It's like the community got us pumped up. Uh, it was so fun. So, I, I know, it, that, that instilled something into us to where you wanted to support, you wanted to support the Rams even after you were gone just because of how yeah. how fun that was. Yeah. What do you think uh, – what role do you think Coach Kibbe had in that? I'm curious to your thoughts. Personally, I just think Coach Kibbe was a rock uh, that year for us and afterwards. I mean, there's just, he had just so much experience. I don't know how many years into his career he was at that point, but nothing shook him. When it's like third and goal or third and three from the three-yard line in the dome – I mean, we were all jacked up on Mountain Dew at that point, and it's like Coach Kibbe, you, you, you he could have been like having tea on a Sunday afternoon. He was just so calm at that point. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was, his, it was his 37th year of coaching that year, by the way. <laughs> One guy that probably doesn't deserve enough credit is um, Coach Turpin for the way he was able to break down and scheme game film on defense. I mean, that was – he put us yeah. in a good position. Indeed, there's a lot of good memories from that. You guys were fun to cover. You know, again, I, I mean, I was a medium old guy, not old, old like I am now. But, uh, you know, I, I don't didn't know you all well, but I attended enough practices. and We did enough interviews, you know. I got a little flavor. And that team really had personalities on it, and that makes it more fun to cover as a broadcaster yep. and a sports writer. 
uh, when you have people who are interesting. I mean, interesting might be a little bit of a light term for some of you guys, right? <laughs> yeah. I would say I would say separately, Doug. We're pretty bland. But you put us together, and it's just a lot of stuff happens, and our personalities change. And back then, before Scott Erickson got married, he was a really zany character. And John Minahan, he actually liked to have fun back then. He's not an old hag like he is now. I mean, it was just a truly fun little deal for us. And I've just and I've just proven by my interaction that I've always been a screw off guy. It's like Johnny said in, ep- in chapter two. He was the only one that couldn't escape Greene County. He's, he's had to, he's had yep. to stay there. And me and, my, <laughs> and me and my wife, we want to come back to Jefferson. We want to move back. You know why, Doug? We miss, oh. we miss P&E Chinese Restaurant a lot. <laughs> I wish I could have went there between the last podcast and this podcast so you would be jealous. But I'll just stick to my clerk, my, my clerk of Cedar Township. I'll just stick to that as my... My pride and joy, I guess, to make the you jealous. The clerk of so. Cedar Township. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know we had royalty here. My my wife does all the books. I take the credit. Uh, I, think, I think what we've proved now in the last two minutes, Doug, is, yes, we did have personality. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a fun group to cover. Okay. Bye. Nice you. talking to you, Doug. You too, both of you. Joining me tonight, Joe Gitch. He was the uh, radio announcer with Doug Reeder. Just give me your thoughts on that Harlan win way back in 1999. It's incredible to be talking to you 23 years later. Thank you for joining me, Joe Gitch. And I know Harlan thought they had a pretty good team. It was a fun game to watch for a parent. Probably was a boring game to watch if you weren't. And it was an awesome game on the field because it felt like a soccer game. Uh, the first score won. It's incredible. And it, back to your point... <laughs> If you listen to that game, it, it, it would be a lousy game to listen and watch the replay. That was such a tense game. So it, it could be a snoozer except for everybody in bow. And it just kept getting tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. I mean, the, that Harlan game, I mean, at, at the last three minutes, Doug and I were just looking at each other and watching that damn clock. And the clock, it was like frozen. <laughs> we were waiting for it to count down. And this is what I got a buddy from uh, that I tailgate with at, at the Iowa games from Harlan. And he and I both concurred when he found out I was from Jefferson and he was a big, he's a big time Harlan fan. And we started comparing notes in that game. And he agreed with me. He never heard a Harlan crowd that quiet after a football game. Mm. He said you could hear a pin drop. I'll never forget forget that. We walked out of there, and I mean, we were just floating. Reader and I, I can't imagine what you guys were like on the bus with Kibby. Just floated all the way back from Harlan, driving back. But we listened to, and it was amazing. We were listening to uh, WHO had a really nice uh, late night, Friday night score score show where they, you know, people would call in with all the, the high school scores because the playoffs started. That one they kept going back to every five minutes. And the biggest upset in Iowa tonight, and maybe for the whole year, was the Rams of JSPC shutting out Harlan. I think. And uh, they kept going back and back to that. We just floated all the way back from uh, from, from uh, Harlan to Jefferson on that ride home. I thought you guys were good at the end of the game. <laughs> just to uh, make lifelong friends like Johnny and, and Scott oh. and, and well, others, too. But I've stayed in the closest contact to those two boys. And uh, 
it out on paper. We should have had no chance, but that's why they play the game. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for joining me tonight, Joe. We will be in touch. Thanks a lot, sir. Friday Night Lights.